Alright, cheers to episode 20. Cheers. Cheers. No, you're right. Now that we did that, that you're drinking straight out of the bottle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Do not hurt me. Don't hurt me, man. Yeah, now that we did that again, the flow makes way more sense. I was drinking Coors Light. I was drinking wow. uh, 19 Crimes. I was drinking Arnold Palmer. How was baseball practice, seven? It was all right. We hit for an hour in the barn. I think everyone loves your little tykes update every week, so it's good to hear. I don't you. think they do. It's good to hear from your kids. Nice, nice relaxing practice. I remember barn days were the best. Yeah. Okay. A big tournament in Owasso this weekend, you know, getting prepped for it. Whew. Kids are nervous. No, they're not nervous. It's another baseball game. Like, they, they get over by the car ride home. They want to eat. We just get mercyed and then be like, all right, what are we eating? To be a kid again. Yeah. yeah. Preach. Orange slices <laughs> at halftime. So context, the logistics here, the boring stuff. We are recording at 8.18 p.m. on Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. And this was the hardest and I've had of the show. And the Pistons are on the verge of completing one of the best tank seasons in NBA history. That's about the most exciting news around Detroit these days. So pretty boring. Um, Alex is sitting to my left right now. What's new with you, Alex? Well, what's new with me? What's new in my life? I went to Las Vegas last weekend. Today's Wednesday. So yes, I was there uh, Thursday through Sunday. And uh, yeah, I can't talk much about it. What happens if Vegas stays in Vegas, you know? So Except for? Herpes. Yeah. Is that right? A little call back to last episode. Yeah. I came out positive for those wondering, gambling-wise. So that's herpes good. positive. Herpes positive. COVID positive. <laughs> Whoa. The co. No, I'm just kidding. Open. And then Broven. Uh, I golfed on Monday. Didn't play too well. Makes sense. How was your first hole in 10? The I'll, entire I'll, I'll league give, uh, saw you. I'll give everyone the whole breakdown of hole number 10. Whoa. <laughs> just keep in mind, I mean, I got out of the car, walked in the clubhouse, and then walked down to the course. There was nothing in between, no stretching, nothing. I'm young. It's excuses. Tee shot came off. Ten, number 10 is a par 3 for those at home. Easy hole for About those that don't know golf. 170, then. par 3. Pretty, pretty standard, pretty straight. Kind of hit a, a shot where it feels like if you ever played baseball, you hit it off the end of the bat and stings your hands a little bit. That's how the shot felt. Ends up in the right bunker, right in front of the green. I proceed to skull the ball out of that bunker 30 yards over the back of the green. So now I have a shot where I'm supposed to chip over a bunch of trees to get back on the green. I scald that shot back to nearly the same bunker, chipped it on again, seven feet past, and two-putted for a triple bogey start. A lot of sculling. Yep, it was a nervous hole. I settled down. I think I parted the next, like, five or six. Not a big deal. Ended up shooting a five over, so two over the, the last eight holes. But, uh, yeah, three over on uh, number 10. That was how my round started. Gross. Not, not a great week. So... Dean Kissel's pars goodbye. Well, I'm just gonna remember whole ten. Still better than you. Your kryptonite. Well, it's not my kryptonite. So it's the bad start. Beneath me in the Zoom, in an undisclosed location, Jason Bourne, aka Evan. What's new with you, Evan? No new spot. 
I'm not going to tell my listeners where I'm at. Um, no fans, please. I've had a busy week. Um, Thursday, got a tooth removed. Ooh. Ooh. It, it, yeah. Um, so I have a hole in my mouth right now where my tooth used to be. Stitches. I can't chew on that side. Super painful if I'm not taking any uh, pain medicine. And, you know, you kind of grind through it. I tried to drink on league on Monday. Yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't happening. The alcohol went straight to my tooth and was like, yep, no thank you. Super painful. Like it stung? Yeah, like the alcohol was like hurting like my tooth. Why, um, why did you get it removed? Why I had a root canal and then it got infected and they had to remove it. Now, what do you know exactly what is a root canal? Like, I'm afraid I always hear I don't actually know what that means. His mom is a dental hygienist. He sure. should know. Yeah. Put him to the test. Uh, so you have like a damaged root and so you get like a fake, you fix the root like of your tooth, there's roots on your teeth. It's not just floating there, it's like sticking on the gum, it like actually goes down. Like they fix that root of the tooth. And then when they fixed it, now it got infected around it. So they had to remove the entire tooth. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Painful. So did you take any? It of the, is. Did you take any of the pain meds? Oh, yeah. They gave me a prescription. Um, nice. Some doped up uh, ibuprofen, like a thousand milligram ibuprofen. Ooh. You pop one of those bad boys in the morning, you're good to like at least 2, 30, 3 o'clock, and then it starts hurting again. Making that um, but I, 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 I don't enjoy food because I can't chew anything. So um, I'm on a uh, no solid food diet. I love applesauce now. Always have. Always have, but now I, I just eat it like every, for every meal. Cinnamon or no? Applesauce. What? No cinnamon or, or do you put cinnamon in that applesauce? Um, I'm, I'm down for like the flavored applesauce, but yeah, cinnamon, of course. Okay, I'm just making sure. Um, pudding? What kind of pudding? I haven't had any pudding. I'm a big ice cream fan. Come on. No ice pudding. cream flavor of choice? Uh, I got a couple tubes, a tubs tubes. of Ben and Jerry's. I was house sitting uh, for, for a family, uh, for <laughs> your family, actually. My family. Yeah. So, you know, I went out and got some Ben and Jerry's, you know, ate my sorrows away. You drank any of the beer oh, in the I fridge s- that was left for you? No, no I didn't. I, did, I didn't have one sip of beer. Because my tooth was hurting so bad. Did you miss that? Alcohol stings. Just try to get drunk and forget the pain. I probably should have. Got my second COVID shot on Friday, right day after. No side effects. Nice. That's that's big. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we're back, boys. Get ready for a hot boy summer. Yeah, Evan is throwing all the parties this summer. Evan's throwing them. Some just co-ed ragers. (laughs) Yep. We like co-eds. BYOB. <laughs> BYU. Um, no drinking. Evan, your golf league. Any embarrassing or good stories from that? Um, no, I just played typical bogey golf. Pretty middle of the road. Special. Nice. You know, didn't play the best. Didn't play terrible. Um, had a birdie, so I was happy with that. Missed my eagle putt, though, so I was a little depressed. But, you know, solid. We won our matchup, 16-14, so. All I really mad. We we skyrocketed up the uh, standings from the previous money because we didn't play anybody. If you were listening to the podcast, we had to wait for our people that we played. We took 23 and a half points from them out of 30. Evan, by the way, I was checking my email today. I didn't see the standings from last week. Were they ever sent? Uh, no, he just posted them on the league board. Do you know what place I was in? No, no, no I did not look. I looked for me, myself, and I. 
I'm sorry. Totally fine. I wouldn't have looked for you either. You know, like those memes of like Dogecoin and all that. I just sound super like old the way I said that, but like the rocket ships to the moon. What's a Doge? Replace that with Evan's golf duo to the moon. That's what really they should be doing. Yeah, I'll I think we're in fourth place now. We were in thirteenth two weeks ago. We were in second place. Early we're in fourth. We're not even. What are we? A quarter of the way. I don't know. We played four weeks. Twenty-five percent. We I think we have sixteen weeks. Good mental so math. That would be about a quarter. Um. You know exactly. Quarter. Well, one of you asked me what's new with me, so I don't have to like awkwardly try. Sure, Grant. What's new with you? You know, I thought you never ask, Alex. Thank you. Went to the wedding that I mentioned this past weekend. Mentioned that last show. Recap of it. It was a good wedding. Solid wedding. Um, didn't really plan to dance that much, but I ended up like cutting a rug for like an hour and a half. A lot of good songs. Can we can we stop for a second? Cutting the rug. Cutting the rug. What did you do on the dance floor that in turn cut the rug? What did you do on the dance floor that was causing such a in fuego dance move? Well, it was a pretty slick floor. And when you wear dress shoes, you know, they, they're like... Dress no, shoes I understand the phrase. I want to know what your dance moves were. So, I'm getting to that if you'd let me get there. Like, I'm building it up. It's called Telling a Story. So, the song Twist and Shout came on by the Beatles. A throwback track, a track that I love nonetheless. And it's built for that slick floor, slick shoe combo. You kind of like... It's not a stanky leg, really, because that's, that's more than the knee. But it's like you kind of have your arms in almost like a twisting motion and you got your like on the toe of your foot and you're twisting back and forth and you kind of rotate between the two feet. That's probably about as intense as I got. Other than that, a lot of like bobbing back and forth, a lot of finger snapping to older songs. I'm a big like scream the lyrics guy. I know a lot of lyrics to songs, probably too much, takes up too much of my brain. The takeaway I had was we, uh, the younger kids at the wedding, because there's always that awkward dynamic where old people want older songs and young people kind of like want to mix of both. But I will say, I could be wrong. I feel like the, the younger kids are at least open to dancing to the old, uh, older songs. When an old person hears like, like Mood by, um, why are you always in a mood? Like I'm brand sing new. It. Yeah, sing it. So that came on and then like all the old people were like, oh, what is this garbage? And like left the floor. But like, I don't do that when their old songs come on. So maybe... Old people are right that their music is better than ours because I enjoy their music, so they could be on something there. But needless to say, long story short, we we requested closer by the Chainsmokers to come on, and the DJ was a little bit older, and he was like, "Oh, even though like it was requested, I hate to do this because it's overplayed, but here you go." And they played it, and it was a big hit. So like, one DJ, don't assume that that song's gonna stink, and two, it just kind of brought me back to like closer still slaps as hard as as it ever did. Like, you kind of needed the separation from it to remember how great of a song it is. Did you dance with any co-eds? No, not, like, individually. In a, like, everyone's in a circle, you know? Any pretty co-eds out there? Yeah. Just want the people to live through, yeah, you know, sure. if they can. Yeah, we're going to invite them to Evan's co-ed ragers this summer. So all you pretty co-eds, grant available on the dance floor. <laughs> Sounds so creepy calling them co-eds. I don't like that at all. Well, what if yeah, you're into guys? Super creepy. <laughs> okay. Oh, I wrote this in. So we're going to do something new, guys. I'm telling you this on the spot. I was listening to other podcasts. I know, again, make the joke. Oh, you listen to podcasts other than this one. Yes. You I make that joke, Grant. You <laughs> no, you make it. No, you made it first and I made it second. Evan's never made, made that again. joke, correct? Evan, Evan, it's your turn right now to make that joke. I can't because I listen to podcasts every day at work. So <laughs> please don't hurt us. So 
see if you guys agree. I'm trying to get better. <laughs> Taking notes. So yeah, that's, I took some notes. I noticed the host of the show usually says like a preview of what's to come on the show. And I realized like we never do that audibly, like audibly, audibly. Uh, audibly. We, um, audibly. Yeah, I know I, I said it right. Then I said it as a joke again. And now I need to say it right. Audibly. Right. We write it down in timestamps. So I don't want to assume that everyone can read because that'd be mean. <laughs> so we're going to also give you the audible version of what's going to come on the show. So we're going to do a little bit of NBA NHL playoff talk that our teams are out. We're going to pick new teams that we want. We're going to get into the Lions news of releasing Carryon Johnson and our reactions to it. And also the bigger Lions running back problem the franchise has had recently. And the NFL schedule was released like a half hour ago. So we're going to go down that for the Lions. So Lions heavy there in the middle. And then we're going to get to the Tigers a little bit. There's a potential GM that we think could, um, well, he would save the Tigers. Let's just say that. So a little tease there see who that is, if you can't guess. And then lastly, another Final Four segment of our worst sports, sports takes of all time. So that's what's to come on this show. So get excited for that. And if now is your chance, if you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to NBA and NHL, I want the NFL. Now you go look at those timestamps, assuming you can read. And then you can go listen to those segments. And if you don't want to listen to the, any of the rest of it at all, just fast forward to the very end. Let it run for the final 10 seconds so it counts as a listen. Thanks. Appreciate it. And then subscribe and drop a five-star rating. Yeah. yeah. Because you clearly liked it enough to do that for us. Yes. So with that natural transition, let's get into NBA and NHL, the seasons, because they're coming to an end, boys. And I know, I don't know, I feel like the pulse of it for Detroit fans is like, thank goodness, like, let's just... Like we're we're hoping for better days in the future, so it's good that we just speed up and get these seasons over with. I have here the NBA season is done on Sunday, May sixteenth, so very soon. Then they start that whole play-in thing that they're starting this year, which I need to read up on to understand exactly how it works. And then the NHL ends on Wednesday, May nineteenth, a little bit later because the Vancouver Canucks and Calgary Flames have to make up some games from COVID. So Captain Obvious here, the Pistons and Red Wings are nowhere near the playoffs, so. We get to do a tradition that is, I think, all too familiar in Detroit these days. is picking a team that you like to root for in the playoffs that's not the Red Wings or Pistons. Because as sports fans, we still like to see the playoffs. And it makes it more fun when you like want a team to win. So that's what we're going to attempt to do here today, is to find a team. And I would say, let's keep it one team each. But I wrote down a few. Um, don't look at my notes, Alex. So it'd be disingenuous if... If uh, I got mad at that. So you guys can basically rip off as many teams as you want. Um, yeah, uh, give me every team. <laughs> let's go Let's go NBA first. I want to hear from Evan. What kind of teams are you looking at uh, to root for in this, this year's playoffs? Um, to cheer for, I hand up. I like don't really – I enjoy watching the NBA, but I'm more of an uh, individual kind of guy. Like where I, I like – like players more than teams. Obviously, I cheer for the Pistons, but like I don't really have a backup team for that sport. Yeah. But for the playoff purposes, I'm going to cheer for the Bucks solely because I think Giannis is a different animal and a different breed. And I liked Giannis as soon as he got better. I have Giannis's shoes, his three freak ones. So, not a big deal. I just like, not a big deal. <laughs> I, I was joking saying he's the best player in the NBA. Um, and he has a different style compared to everybody else. So, What'd you say? He's I not, like to see. The best I like to see him win. You don't think he's the best player in the NBA, Alex? Nope. Oh, that's why I joke because he is the best player in the NBA, Alex. I'm sorry. 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 Oh, that head. joke that went right over my head, Alex. I didn't understand. You were making a joke there. Nope, I wasn't. He's not the best. Oh. All to right. Me? So, Bucks. Yeah. 
Bucks, I'm not gonna lie, I mean Bucks are a pretty boring team, but uh so I have three teams. What are you gonna do? Three teams. Actually, I'll oh, get to it. Team number one is Wait, before you go, Evan, is this not classic Alex where you can't just stick to one thing? Like, I have one team written one down and then you told me you had multiple, so now I'm pivoting. As people do in the media world. Guilty as charged. Pivot. <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies, so they're like the nine seed right now. What so a Spartan dog homer. They're in the playing game. I picked them solely because of Jaron Jackson and Xavier Tillman. And then also they have John Moran, flashy cool player, cool uniforms. I can get behind them. Now if they lose in the playing game, that means they'll only play one game. So I'm going to have to have another team. So in terms of team, I'll pick the Warriors. I think they're like the eighth seed. So they could also have a quick exit. So don't worry. My third team is not a team. I'll just be rooting for a player. I will root for LeBron James. I'm one of those guys. I will root for LeBron in the playoffs. My mouth dropped because there was a team I had written down that I didn't even take because I didn't want to copy you. But now I might now I might have four teams. I'm stunned you didn't say one team. And the Phoenix Suns are my you, other You team. can't do that. <laughs> but I, I root for players. I root for Chris Paul and LeBron. And then I'll root for the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. So I'm only rooting for two teams and two players. Completely change your rules, but you clearly already had a bunch of different rules that were not made aware. I just can't believe that. I should have just kept my mouth shut. But I, I, I did forget. Disingenuous that you didn't take the Suns. With the amount you love to talk about Chris Paul. I've been a Chris Paul fan since I was a young lad. I had his Hornets jersey. Some people are wondering if LeBron's even going to come back for the playoffs. Keep that to yourself. <laughs> what should be said. I know, I know at least when we ever get in a LeBron argument, hopefully never since this is Michigan sports, I know I'll have Evan on my side, which feels great. Maybe you can call in Wilkins or Wyatt for that episode. Wilkins hates him, though. Oh, that's right. You have to call in Wyatt. I'll I be bet. calling in Wyatt. And then we'll call in Wilkins to then shift the numbers back to 3v2. <laughs> And then I'll just, I'll just lose. I guess that's how it works. All right, mine. I got three. There's some overlap with Alex's, so I'll get those out of the way first. So there's some suspense at the end. It's a little uh, podcasting trick. Keep the suspense towards the end. Warriors. I don't know. Warriors guy like Steph. I I just think about when they were really awesome at basketball and the way they played the game was one of the most fun ways to watch ever. I miss Clay. Wish he was back. Have a Clay jersey from AliExpress. Shout out them. Um, please don't come after me if like those are illegal counterfeit jerseys. They are. Second team, same conference. The Grizzlies, the Grizz Gang, um, Grind City. Yeah, I know people are like, oh, Grant, you're a Michigan fan, and they're like, got some Michigan State players. I don't really care. Once you're the NBA, I don't really see your school behind you. Like, I just, it's just fun. Awesome jerseys, exciting players. Probably not going to go super far, but it'll be a fun, fun road while we're in there. And it's sneaky too. Not to get too much into it, but like the Lakers, the Warriors, and the Grizzlies are all flirting in the playing game spot. Like those three teams going at it in that zone would be awesome for the playing. Like that, those three teams are going to put butts in seats and have a lot of premier players going at it. And then my last team, other other uh, conference is the Miami Heat. Last year's kind of darling Cinderella team. The East is bare, man. I was looking at the East, and I don't like the Nets. I don't like the Sixers, the Bucks. Like I said about Evan, they kind of they kind of bore me. I, I just take them for granted. Would I usually take the Celtics? It's like sacrilegious that is for the Pistons, just because I like Brad Stevens. Shout out, shout out Butler. But Jalen Brown got hurt, and he's done. So that they're going to be in trouble. 
Um, so yeah, Heat, Warriors, Grizzlies will be who I will be pulling for, and they probably I'd be stunned if any of those teams got to the conference finals in their respective uh, conferences. So just like the hometown team I root for, the fun playoff teams are losers as well. To hockey, to hockey, Evan, who are you going to be putting your all of your hockey knowledge behind this postseason? I will put all my hockey knowledge behind the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas, solid choice. Um, they were in the Stanley Cup Finals their first year as a team, and I kind of like the aspect of like they're the unwanted players of their original team, and then they rally together and they're actually a really solid team. They have like the most points in the NHL right now. I'm bandwagoning, yes, um, and I think they have some of the nicest uniforms in the NHL. They're not traditional, really. They're not their original six team. They're, they're new. They're fun. They're exciting. I just like their jerseys. I'll cheer for them. And anytime you cheer for like a Vegas team, is kind of sexy because it's Vegas. You guys, you guys like their gray homes, charcoal gray. Yeah, I yeah, I like them. I like, but they're like their gold uniforms yeah. stand out. They're loud. I like their white a lot. I I like their white. I don't think the gray stinks so bad. I wish they were black. But the whites with the white gloves, yeah. White gloves on any Those hockey nice. player look great. Really. Yeah, white gloves are sexy. If you ever get bored and want to look up some like hockey swag, Sergey Fedorov for the Red Wings when he went like white gloves and white skates. Boy, was he flying around the ice. Drip. To me? To you. I... Who are you putting your lack of hockey knowledge behind this postseason? I have not watched much hockey this year. Same. So I don't know a lot. So I decided to go with the Nashville Predators. Oh. Um, Name five players. Don't need to. My main reasoning would just be cool uniforms. I like their uniforms. I like the city they play for. And I think if they won the Stanley Cup, the party in Nashville would be incredible. Have you ever been to Nashville? I haven't, and I hear lots of good things. I know you talk so really want to go. You talk so glowingly about the city, and then I was like, assuming you had been there. A few people have gone there that I know, and they say it's well worth it. My NHL team, sacrilegious again, like the Celtics. Um, when if you're a Pistons fan, I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs on this one. Um, an original six team that we kind of have beef with because they're close to us, and we played them in a Winter Classic game. I just think the players is overused as a term it is, and it's kind of dead. I'm gonna bring it back. They yeah, just have five players. They just have swag. Austin Matthews, Nylander, um, yeah, Tavares, Mitch Marner, and uh, I need one more. Anderson, Fredrickson, their goalie. I'm close. I'm, I'm super close. It helps when you play the video game. Who's one of their defensive guys? No, it's okay. We we don't need to bore the people with this any longer. But <laughs> similar to Sergey Fedorov, looking awesome. If you look at the when the NHL relaxed the dress code for the bubble, and teams didn't have to just wear suits every time. I just remember being on Instagram and liking like what the Maple Leafs put out when they would come into the arena. Like the way they dress looks so cool. Also, Austin Matthews has like massive thighs. Like he has like probably the biggest thighs of like anyone ever. Um, Dude has massive thighs, and they're awesome. They're um, awesome? Yeah, like it would be cool to have thighs that big. Or is it awesome that you like you like looking at them? Like you like I don't like thick look, thighs. I don't like looking at them. Do you like thick thunder thighs? What do you mean? Do you <laughs> see someone with thunder thighs and a little perk up? You excited? 
Thighs, thighs, those thighs. thighs stand out to me. I'll just leave it at that. You're a Saquon fan. Saquon has massive thighs. You're a Barry Sanders guy. Did he have big thighs? Huge. Bigger than my head. Really? Oh, yeah. You have, you have a tiny head and a tiny brain, so that makes sense. That was, I was unnecessary. I shouldn't have said that. Brain size doesn't matter. It's about the wrinkles on your brain. Just so you know. That I, don't know what to t- I don't know what to do with that. I'm just going to leave that one alone. The amount of wrinkles on your brain determines intelligence. So what we were talking about was teams. NHL teams. Teams missed the playoffs. And guess what? Speaking of a team not expected to make the playoffs, the Detroit Lions made some news since our last recording. They waived. I don't know how to word this. They waived slash released. It's like the same thing, right? Carry on Johnson. Thank you. Thank you. Running back carry on Johnson. I think it's there's a difference. Okay. I believe waiving puts that player to waivers to allow teams to claim. Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> Releasing means he just can go and sign with whoever he wants. So I think there's a difference. All right. I guess the end result is the same. He's off the lines, right? No matter what, he will not be a Detroit Lions. This year? Ever. What? Ever again. Crazy things that happen. Anyways, getting on track here. A little background on carry on for the people. Spent three years in Detroit, 641 yards his rookie year. That's kind of nice. And actually, uh, like yards per carry, similar to how um, Evan was coaching Alex up on how save percentage is an important stat in hockey. Even though I knew on it was. <laughs> last episode, yards per carry is a big stat for running backs in football, um, Alex. So when they're running on the stadium. I, I don't think that it's necessary to point out obvious stats to me. We're painting a narrative that Alex is like doesn't really understand stats, and I kind of enjoy it. Which is just completely false. But if you guys want to make yourselves feel better, continue, please. Evan, Whatever you got to do for the show. I feel better about it, don't you, Evan? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, Carrion had 5.4 yards per attempt, which is very good. Uh, is it good? Very good. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> well done, Alex. You actually got me there. Um, but then, as everyone knows, that follows the lines, things trended downhill downhill after that season. And interesting enough, I was looking up, um, comparing his stats to Jamal Williams, and they're actually very similar over their careers. Jamal is weird. He's only been the, Jamal has only been in the NFL one more year season than Carry On, but he's three years older, twenty six to twenty three. But they have very similar career stats running the ball. But Jamal Williams caught the ball a lot more. So when you kind of think think about the puzzle pieces that came and gone, you kind of replaced Carrion's running so far through his career with Jamal Williams, but you also improved the team's running back receiving ability because Jamal catches more passes. But I want to know to start before we get into kind of strategy wide of the lines, what was your immediate reaction to the Carrion Johnson news? I'll throw it to Evan. It was expected. Um, I thought it was going to happen sooner. I thought it was going to happen last year. And then when you already you drafted DeAndre Swift, and then you sign a running back uh, in free agency, and then you also go out and draft a running back in the seventh round, there's an odd guy out, and somebody's got to get released. And so the staff is obviously falling in love with DeAndre Swift, and they're bringing in two of their own guys in Williams and our seventh-round pick. And I mean, he's injury-prone, so... I, I was expecting it to happen, so I wasn't shocked by the release of Carrion Johnson. I was, um, I was not shocked. However, I was surprised by the timeline of when we released him. 
I knew he wouldn't be a part of the Lions long term, but I did think he would make it through this year. Figured he is better than the seventh round guy we drafted and whatever free agents we brought in, undrafted free agents. However, I mean, I guess it sounds like he didn't ask to be released or anything. So he was willing to be that third running back and do whatever it takes, block, whatever, special teams. So I'm a little surprised that he is not going to be here this year. But I did not expect him to be here after this year. That was my gut reaction. I guess I'll be, I guess I'm a little bit different than the both of you. I was, I was more, probably most surprised based on just hearing you guys talk. I didn't, I don't really know the heads of like front offices very well. Some, some teams enjoy having like three reliable running backs. Like you'll have a lot of like two guys that will change the bulk of carries and then you'll have a third down specialist. So maybe, I I didn't know if their plan was to have carry on DeAndre get a lot of the carries and Jamal be like that receiving tied back. It's not what I would do. Um, so it was a weird thing where, like, I kind of wanted this to happen. Um, and I should preface that by saying I always wanted it to work out with carry-on. And I would bet you guys feel the same way because I remember that rookie year was really promising to come in with 641. I remember watching his tape. He kind of had shades of, like, a Le'Veon Bell running style where he was really patient. And uh, he wasn't, like, a burner, but he just seemed smart and know how to hit the hole. But, like I said, going off that now is I wasn't upset at the news whatsoever. So I'm guessing, do we think based on the timeline that they were just seeing how the draft played out before they released them? Because I think getting that running back in the seventh round, I bet they went into the draft saying, all right, if there's a running back here that we like, we're going to take him, then probably go move off of carry-on. But worst comes to worst, if there are no running backs we like, we might just take him for another year um, and let his contract work out the way it does. So that's kind of how I saw it with like the draft strategy playing in. Overall, I'm just very excited about the Swift and Williams backfield combo. And I, I personally like when there's like a clear number one and then like a solid change of pace number two. And I think that's what we're setting up for now. You guys kind of see it the same way? Back to your draft uh, point. I think they were pretty high on the kid from Oregon State, right? Jamar, Jamar Johnson? Jamar Jefferson? Um, I'll look it up. I don't want to get his name wrong. Jamar. I believe it's Jefferson. From Oregon State? Yes. Yeah, Jamar Jefferson. I saw on the web of Twitter that the Lions had him as like a fifth or fourth round grade. And got him in the seventh, so I think they're pretty happy about Classic it. Classic headline from like all drafts. Like, I feel like your team always has the guy you draft grade way higher than of you course, actually get that. Of course, it always works <laughs> out like that, but I do think the staff is pretty high on him, and they expect him to... Uh, to get touches. The Lions had Jamar Jefferson as a first-round grade, and they got him in the seventh. What a steal. I would not <laughs> go to that extent. but No, I just did. You did, yes. So, Evan, you weren't shocked. Are you sad? Or are you excited? I'm not sad or, or in, excited. Indifferent. It, 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 indifferent, you're correct. And it's just it's somebody's got to get cut. And I think they did it back in your point of, like, after the draft, we got a running back, and I think they did it so they could – add more people to the roster, bring in for OTAs and workouts and like carry on Johnson, try to find a team to get used to it. Instead of, if you know you're going to release them, there's no point of holding on to them just for the off season workouts and then release them. Now he has no chance of signing with the team. Yeah. And, it, and I guess it is, uh, what's the, 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 you can see how the league views carry on. So he got picked up pretty, pretty fast. And also to a backfield in Philly that has some guys there. So they like him enough. They were willing to muddy up their backfield room even more um, by adding him on. So interesting. I mean, 
with the Lions luck, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he gets his health problems or injury pro- not health injury problems under control. He could have, like have some pretty good seasons in Philly. I wouldn't be that surprised. I'm sure it'll be decent. Yeah, it'll be a classic. Like, oh, he'll find a stride in Philly. So, and that could be because it leads to a bigger problem that the Lions had. Um, and it really became, you kind of always know in the back of your head that our running game stinks. But when you see a tweet from NFL and CBS that they had kind of after that news, you really realize when they put it in perspective. So the tweet here is, since 2010, the Lions have drafted five running backs in the first two rounds. So a pretty small pool there. So just first two rounds since 2010. And they have all combined for zero 1,000 rushing yard seasons. The names, drum roll, please, boys. Um, hope you're sitting down. Job at best in 2010, first round pick. Nikhil LaShore, forgot. I honestly hand up, forgot about him when I, until I saw his tweet. 2011, he was a second round pick. 2015, so we took a little gap there. Um, we were like, hey, you know what? Let's just not draft a running back super early. Um, second round pick, Amir Abdullah. 2018 second round pick Carryon Johnson and now in 2020 our second round pick DeAndre Swift. So I was thinking, is this because you guys think this is more just bad drafting running backs, or did it go into the whole offensive line that we're trying to fix now? Like which which do you think is more to blame for that? Because that's a pretty alarming stat. I think you could blame a mix of the offensive line and a mix of the running backs' health. So how? Yeah, I guess those guys all had injury problems at one point or another. Uh, Abdullah is simply just not, not that great of a you know he's not. A, <laughs> I'm trying to put this nicely. He's not a three down back. He's more of a Theo Riddick guy. Javid Best had clear concussion issues. We don't need to go into that. I'm sure everyone's seen the Cal video where he flies 50 feet into the air. Mikella Shore was caught eating weed on the side of the road with Nick Fairley. Oh, so yeah. That was a bust from the beginning. Is that because they got pulled over and they tried to eat it? Yeah, they tried to consume it quickly. Didn't work, obviously. Classic. And then with Harrion, it was just uh, just injuries, really. And DeAndre Swift, he has a little bit of an injury past. So let's just hope it doesn't continue that way again. The Lions will have a 1,000-yard rusher in the next three years. I promise you that. Evan, do you know who the last 1,000-yard rusher was and what season it was for the Lions? Reggie Bush in 2014. Close, 2013, but you basically were there. Um, I, I'm i not going to blame the running backs. The only running back I'm going to blame is Mikel LaShore. I don't even know if he ever got a carry for the Lions because of all his off-field issues. He did. Um, he, he, Bass, he had now three down back. Amir Abdullah, now three down back. Um, carry on was kind of supposed to be that guy that carried the workload and then no it's just a rookie year um i'm gonna blame it more on the quality of the team that we've developed where if it's not the offensive line let's say the offensive line's decent okay our defense is really bad and so now we're playing catch up in all of our games and then if like our defense is good then our offensive line is struggling and then now we're still our offensive philosophy has always been throw it with stafford throw first run second and it's kind of hard to do that and try to get both a thousand yard rusher and a decent passing game. You have to one or the other. And we definitely have been played from behind pass happy McGee's for, for a long time. Yeah. Forever. Mikel sure actually had like an 800 yard rushing season for the lie downs. Um, 
in the in the early two thousands or early two thousand tens. There, it was actually kind of surprising looking back at it. Lying to us? No, I'm dead serious. I think he had like seven ninety something. Are you lying to us? <laughs> no, speaking of name jokes like that, the reason I really want to carry on the workout, uh, dumb brain was like this is just a cool name for a running back. There's so many like kind of fun jokes you can make off that. Like or what? Like carry on my wayward son. What else? Carry on down the field. What else? carry that football high and tight you know like k-e-r-r-y instead of c-a-r-o-y get it because of his name like i thought there was an owl in the background of evans so i was dude don't tip off where he's at taking the back evan are you in the woods is evan frozen yeah or he's just sitting perfectly still evan you're so locked in it's unbelievable how did he sit that still i got him evan how are you sitting that still I'm back now. Oh, that's our window. No, that's two Evans. No, that was outside. No, it's from that one. I mean, you can birds, hear it through here. Are you in the woods? Are there birds chirping? I've been recording from the woods. Yeah, there's birds right here. The window's open. No, it's no, yeah, there's no window. It sounds the super peaceful. I like it. Okay, so what I wanted to illuminate here in the stat to give Lions fans a better picture of because I think a big trend in the NFL is do you want to be Obviously, you want to be like perfectly balanced in an ideal world, but but that's that never happens. There's pass-heavy teams that have great quarterbacks, and there's like run-heavy teams that that's their identity. And I think we go back and forth on what's best. So before I get into the stats, so I want to see how your opinion is and how it may change. Would you guys rather be a pass, a great passing team, or a great running team? Do I have to answer? Yes. You can only pick one. Passing. It's sexier. That's what happens. Though. I'm not giving my I want, answer. I want points. And like, if you're a run first team, then you're going to possess the ball. It's going to be a slow, low scoring game. You can play in between the 20 yard lines. And then you're going to play not to lose a game. When you're passing it, we're, we're throwing the pick skin. Let's score some points and see what happens. The lever. Evan makes great points. I'm going to go with run. Okay. So I like that. The game. So welcome to, I don't know, I didn't name my game. We'll just say it's Grant's game of yardage. This is Grant's game of yardage. Are you going to list the Super Bowl champions? Are you guys ready to play? Well, the Chiefs are passers. Welcome to Grant's game of yardage. This is just last season in the NFL. Okay? Mm -hmm. Last season. How many playoff teams had a 1,000-yard rusher without looking it up? There's 14 playoff teams. How many had get to guess? Yep. Having you go first. How many teams? Or give me a second. I got to think about the playoff teams and count them off in my head. 14 total teams made the playoffs because they expanded. There's third in rushing yards. You know, I'll guess. One. All right. I set the bar figuratively. One? Well, I feel like it's either going to be super high or super low. One? Derek Henry rushed for 2,000 rushing yards just so you know. So there's one. Correct. Hey, that is who I actually mean. should. I said 1,000 yard rushers. Yeah. We should save that answer for Alex's worst sport takes later. <laughs> I'll go with seven. Don't look at my notes. I didn't see your notes. I'm going with seven. Well, you went with one, actually. I'm going with seven. Evan, what do you think? There's 14 teams. I'm going to go one higher. No. I'm going to go two higher. No. <laughs> I'm going to go one higher. I'll go with eight. Okay. Out of 14 playoff teams, six of them had a 1,000-yard rusher. Name them. Derek. Henry. Please. I don't have those written down, guys. And I would probably take me too long to recall. That really kind of stinks now, that now we have to just sit here and wonder. Well, I think you can think, okay, uh, fine. I'll try to rub them off. Someone keep track. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. 
D. Henry. Derrick Henry had a thousand. Dalvin Cook. They didn't make the playoffs. The Ravens. Lamar. I counted him as a player. He had a thousand yards. Right. See, this stinks because it's too hard. Mm. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb had a thousand. Kareem. Nope. Well, didn't Ceh have a thousand? Or was he just under it? No. No. Um. 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 He was like third in rushing yards, though, wasn't he? Oh, David, David Montgomery. Yards. David Montgomery. Ew. He had a thousand rushing he yards. Ran for over a thousand yards. Chris Carson didn't. He didn't no. play all year. No. Hey, you're at five, so all you need. I is know. Five. Alvin Kamara. No, he did not have a thousand rushing yards. That's crazy. He didn't. Uh, Miles Gaskin. Dude, I can't. This stinks. I. Why'd you guys do this to me? This is this is bad. I can't even think of who made the playoffs. Well, just know that there's a sixth player out there. I kind of just want to let it go. Although, Josh Jacobs didn't make the playoffs. Look it up. So, okay, as someone types it in, I will. I want to get to the back half of that point. There was only nine players in total in the NFL who rushed for 1,000 yards last year. So, I know you're looking up, but only nine in the whole league ran for over 1,000. And then, so you think. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, thank you. James Robinson, Josh Jacobs. I'm just listing them all because you just said the all stat. And that would be all of them. And Dalvin Cook. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, James Robinson, David Montgomery, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Lamar Jackson. Okay. And Malvin Gordon was very close. So nine players in the league ran for over 1,000 yards. So six teams out of those nine, pretty, pretty high percentage, make the playoffs. So that right there might be like, okay, running's pretty important. If you have a... 1,000-yard rusher, there's a pretty good chance you're going to make the playoffs. Again, just the sample size of last season. Pretty small sample size. Now, the hard part here was, okay, so 1,000 yards is like a big mark for um, running backs. Looking at the stats from last year, 4,000 yards is about comparable for a passer. So if you have a quarterback who goes for over 4,000 yards, that's kind of that um, higher tier of yards output. So, same question. 14 teams in the playoffs. How many of them had a 4,000-yard passer? 13. 11. I'll take that back. It's not 13. Baker didn't throw for 4,000. Neither did Lamar. Because uh, looking at Evan's looking at the list. I can see his eyes. Uh, I'm not. I, I, I promise I'm not. I just know it's, quarterback's a lot easier. So what are you going with? Like 11? No, I'll stick with. I'll, I'll go to, down to 12. Okay. And you had how many? Five? Because Alex looked it up. So I, said, I said 11 the first time. I want the Yeah, so he said 11. And you're also wrong. He said 11. I was trying to count while you were. Um, and you said 12. Only six ah. out of 14, so the same number, Still one. had 4,000-yard passers. Now, again, and then for the bigger context of the league, league 12 quarterbacks threw for over 4,000 yards last year, so a little bit more than rushed for 1,000. And then you look at it that way, six out of 12 of those quarterbacks' teams made the playoffs, so about a 50% chance if you throw. So if you're just looking at last season – both matter. You would come to the conclusion that your odds of having, if you have a thousand yard rusher, your odds of making the playoffs are a little bit higher than just having a four thousand yard passer. But again, I didn't look at the decade; I just looked at last season. So that's just something to keep in mind when you want. Personally, I think I like the approach the Lions are taking that they want to become a run heavy. It's boring, like Evan said. Like my brain wants us to be good at scoring points and um, you know running the score, but your success might. Be more likely if you have the thousand yard rusher, which we should be in line for. Because I, I will go um, hand up. I will make a claim that I think DeAndre Swift will be the one to break that one thousand yard um, drought that we have as a, as a franchise. I do. Do you guys think he can do it? I see her. 
yeah. this year. Yeah, I think he rushes for a thousand yards this year. I think he'll have a thousand all-purpose yards this year. I cannot say with great faith, no, that he will rush for rushing. a thousand. Rushing, I think he I'm will do it. Up and down. He will do it in his career. I don't think he'll do it next year. Get your all-purpose yards out of here, Evan. Come on, join the train. Stop bouncing. Uh, I'm not joining the train. Sorry. Give me a year. What's what's standing in the way between? Is it because we're trailing in too many games? No, the, for DeAndre Swift to rush for a thousand, yeah. I haven't seen the product on the field. I don't know our offensive scheme. I don't know what they're going to do. Gonna I don't know ball. what Goff's going to look like. He's going to hand it off. Our wide receivers are going to do. They're going to stink, um, so we're going to run. Well, we might yeah, be down. Run. Okay, then the teams are just going to stack the box, play man up, and then punch us in our mouth. But we're going to block. Get we're your X's nose sweating us out of here. Did you see Panay Sewell? COVID. Breaking news. Yeah, he's COVID. Positive. Yeah, he'll never play football again. He'll be fine, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be fine. Hey, can you Ask guys, me after the first game. You guys remind me. Of, trains on the board. You guys remind me at some point in the show when there's a little dead period to introduce my new 15 second segment of the week. Yeah. Great. Sure. Go ahead. It's going to infuriate Evan. All right, we'll do it uh, after the Lions thing because I have a great transition to the next part of the show. So as we were talking about making <laughs> – but I spoiled it because I just gave it away. Um, when we talk about teams making the playoffs right, that's what we were talking about, a big factor in any team making the playoffs, you have to admit, is how tough your schedule is. And really? now we know the Lions 2021 schedule, which I'm going to be honest. I feel like Evan's the guy that loves the schedule release. I could be wrong, but he was a big draft guy. I'm kind of getting annoyed at how big of a deal the schedule release is becoming. Like, it's almost too much now. Like, it's, it's exciting to see the schedule there on paper. Maybe I'm being a Debbie Downer. I should be like, yes, I love the schedule. But I just feel like people try to make it as hype as the draft. Or, you know, they, they like to talk about it like that. And I don't, it's not that cool. Way overhyped. Way overhyped. Let's release it on Twitter. We don't need a two-hour special. And that's it. I mean, it's just, it's the schedule, guys. Come on. The teams aren't even finalized yet. It doesn't matter. It's a schedule. You already knew the opponents. Times don't matter. Like the diehard fans like enjoy like what games to go to and some people playing out their entire trips around the NFL schedules. But you know the opponents. Which you know us. where they're playing those opponents. Yeah, you but you don't, don't know the day. Okay, but there are some fan bases that like never get primetime games and then when they get their schedule released and they find out they have like a Sunday night or Monday night game, it's like a big deal for that fan base. But Evan, do you need a two hour ESPN special to know what the schedule is? No, but like if well, I wasn't doing this podcast, I would I be case. watching it right now? I would probably be watching some talking heads talk about the NFL schedule. When really the people in the country should be listening to these talking heads talk about the schedule. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. At least the people from uh, Michigan. How do you I think this is how I envision this segment going? Like we just say the game, the time, home and away, and then it goes from like we always say win or loss and we just move on. And then at the end we can say like, oh, what games do you really want to see? Like we're looking to go to. Before we do this, I forgot to take um, my shot at the beginning of the show. I had a shot poured out. I just drank my beer, so I'm going to take a shot right now with Bob Bacardi. I know. Don't hurt me. It's disingenuous. Game number one, Sunday, September 12th on Fox, 1 o'clock, at home versus the San Francisco Alex has established he'll be the logistics guy. I love that. Just want to take the load off you, man. That is a loss. I'll go loss. Hey, 0 for 3, baby. Game number 2 at Atlanta. 1 o'clock. What? At Green Bay. 
What's scheduled? I have the wrong schedule up. That that stinks. I I don't know how that happens. I don't want to revoke your privileges. No, 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 I'm bad. What did we just go through? That's crazy. They had the first game right and the rest of them wrong. At Green Bay, 8.30 p.m., ESPN, Monday Night Football. (laughs) ESPN. Loss. L. Loss. We'll probably get screwed by the refs. September 26th, (laughs) home, Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. on CBS. Jim Nance and Tony Romo. No chance. They're not going to be at that game. We're getting Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts. If, if, if we're lucky. That's a loss. It's a so fat loss. Clear sweep. We're 0-3 to start the season, boys. We are. Dan Campbell is on the hot seat. October 3rd in the Windy City. 1 p.m. on Fox. I'm going to go with a loss again. At Chicago, Justin Field is taking the job. Confirmed by then. It's a loss. The win. We did win there last year. It was yes. Sweet. But we made some kind of aggressive videos afterwards, the team did. So Chicago might remember that. I forgot exactly what they no. said, but it was not nice. Chicago hasn't gotten better in the offseason. If anything, they've just mucked up their locker room. So I'm saying we win that game. And you think we have? <laughs> yeah, we, we have added, an Evan. We added Jared Goff. I, right. I think we upgraded at quarterback. No, I did. We upgraded. We did not upgrade at quarterback. <laughs> you should take that back. You can add that to the last segment of the show. October 10th at the Minnesota Vikings. Wait, wait, stop. I will say, though, while I say loss for the Bears, I can see a win there. I would agree with that sentiment. I still think loss. October 10th at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. on Fox, with Terry Bradshaw doing his first call of the year. He ain't leaving L.A. I'm saying a win. He's trying to spice it up. I'm going to go with a loss. I'm going to go loss. October at, yeah. Seventeenth, the Cincinnati Bengals come to town at one p.m. on Fox with Michael Strahan on the call. Dub, fly the dub, the first victory in the Dan Campbell tour. Our third victory in a row. We are now three and three. Love your optimism, Evan. If we have a three-game winning streak this season, we'll think we'll talk about a deal later. I'll do something for the podcast. <laughs> October twenty-fourth. Now, when I say the announcers' names, I'm serious here. At the Los Angeles Rams, 4.05 p.m. on Fox with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. America's Game of the Week, Stafford against the Lions. And I really do believe everything I just said there. And with that said, maybe fat loss. I think we'll lose. Definitely going to lose. Halloween. Philadelphia. Scary team because they're terrible. 1 p.m. on Fox. I think the Lions win that game. At home. Lions win that game. Lions win that game. You might see a live podcast vlog from the tailgate of us dressed in Halloween costumes walking into Ford Field. Nice. Also, what are you going to go as? Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles. We should go as the Power Rangers. It should also be noted that Michigan and Michigan State football play that same weekend. Well, that is a content galore weekend. Um, Love to see it. Um, I'm going to take a win here. I think I think it could be the Eagles. I don't trust Jalen Hurts. Evan, did you say one? I think Jalen Hurts got. I just don't think our skill guys are like. I say we win, but right. Darius Slay's returning home, so... Oh, wait. They drafted Devontae Smith, didn't they? They did. Oh, they were going to get cooked. Well, it was almost a unanimous win. Well, November... Nope, you can't keep going back. No, because I... See, the problem is I have a number in my head that I think the Lions, win-wise, they'll have. So Stop I'm, trying to meet a quota. I know. I'm going to meet my quota. It's like this when, isn't the corporate it's world. It's like when police officers give out more tickets towards the end of the year because they need to meet their like ticket quota of the year. It's like that. So I might need to come back and look at this Philadelphia Eagles game. November 7th, the Detroit Lions have a bye. Win. We will win the bye week. 
And it was at 4 and 4, so November quickly. 14th quickly, at though. Pittsburgh, 1 p.m. Stop. Quickly, though, it's awesome that our bye week is dead in the middle of the season. That's good for everyone. I thought Love you were saying quickly it. in order for me to hurry up with the schedule. Oh, no, slow down. Sorry. Stay a while. Don't actually slow down. Let's go. Okay, November 14th at Pittsburgh, 1 p.m., Pittsburgh. On Fox. I the don't Stillers. like the Stiller Nation. Therefore, I will go with a win against an ailing Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. Big Ben. I think we will score. If we score more than 10 points in this game, we'll be lucky. So that's an L. 10-7, fine. Yeah, that's November 21st at Cleveland, 1 p.m. on Fox. I think the Lions will lose by 21 or more points. They will have zero ability to stop the run. Zero. They already don't have the ability. You know, this strikes me as a game that I think we will lose, but I could. I wouldn't be surprised if we won because it's the classic. These two teams are going to want to play the same scheme of football, and it might just be like a two clock run it, and we, we're going to be in this game late, but we'll probably lose. Cleveland's a very good team. Very good. You never know what the weather's going to be that like good. Like, no, Grant, they are that good. No, they're really not that good. They were second from being in the AFC Championship game. They're okay. Well, they're a lot better than the Lions. It's a loss for me. I think it was. I think it'd be closer than people think, though. Thanksgiving Day, the Chicago Bears come to town at 12.30 p.m. on Fox. It's Thanksgiving. It's Detroit. It's a win. Well, that doesn't actually add up to wins all the time, but I think this one, I feel good about this one. I think we'll win this game. I think it's a win, and I have some like strange suspicion that Dan Campbell's going to take like Thanksgiving so personally and be like, "This is for Detroit," and somehow we're winning this game. I just feel like Dan Campbell's going to do something weird for like the no, Thanksgiving game, like do. this mad person Detroit. I know what he's going to do. What do you think? Dan Campbell's walking out of the tunnel in overalls and a hard hat, and he's just going to go to work on Thanksgiving. I think he. Pre and post game, he's going to have a giant turkey leg oh, and take a nasty yeah. bite out of it to get the boys fired up. That might that might be Dan's Super Bowl. I'm it's excited mine. to see that. It's mine, I'll be honest. December 5th, we move into the cold months. Minnesota at home, 1 p.m. on CBS. That's kind of interesting. CBS for an all-NFC game. Is that normal? No. No, it's not normal. Interesting. Um, uh, I think they'll win that game. This would be back-to-back wins for us. They're both at home. I envision a split with the NFC North team, so I have to go win that. Oh, man, this is probably the hardest game I've looked at yet. Cause it, cause I'm, going to, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I mean, are we, we making the we playoffs? Have, no, we have extra days off. Um, That's true, long extra prep week. Dalvin Cook is usually hurt by that point. <laughs> we lose. We get swept by the Vikings this year. Whatever you got to do to fit your quota. Yeah, I know that was a tough decision because this next game is the one I was thinking about. And I was going to go back on what I normally think, but I had to stick to my guns. There's December 12th in the Mile High City at Denver. The air is rough, hard to breathe, 4.05 p.m. on Fox. I think this is a game the Lions you'd expect to win where it's a classic letdown loss. Well, let me stop you there. The, 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 between a rock and a hard place I'm in in this position is, one, I think it's almost impossible to win in Denver. It the is Lions, I like feel like, we ne- like you, you go to Denver, it's going to be snowing for this game. It's they- going to be 25-mile-an-hour wins. Like, this is miserable football to play in. They almost had a 1,000-yard rusher in Melvin Gordon. And we stink. But I know it's Evan's guy. I think Drew Locke stinks. So I think we win this game. Do you remember when the Lions went to Denver? 
against Tim Tebow-led Broncos and blew them out. You destroyed them. Blew them out in the mile high. Hand up, I don't. Well, it was awesome. I think we're going to lose that game. Well, makes sense. Drew Lock guy. December 19th, six days before Christmas, home against the Arizona Murrays. I mean Cardinals, 1 p.m. on Fox. Ooh, that was a bad joke. Um, I think we lose. Lose, but wouldn't be surprised if we pulled this one out. But they'll lose. We're losing to a playoff team in Arizona Cardinals. Oh, yeah, that's Evan's like big, that's his big picture NFL pick of the year. Day after Christmas. The Lions travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Wait, what did you say for the? Did you I say said loss. Okay. Atlanta Falcons, one p.m. on Fox the day after Christmas. I think Atlanta gets revenge from the game last year, and they don't score when they shouldn't have, and Atlanta wins. We got super lucky last year. We will not be lucky this year. Loss. Kyle Pitts will shred us. We'll win. <laughs> yeah, it's Atlanta. <laughs> Who knows who's going to be playing for them down the stretch? They're, they might be tanking for a number one pick to draft a QB. So I have us winning that game. January 2nd, just a few weeks before Evan Cadmus's birthday, Ooh. the Detroit Lions head to Seattle, 425 p.m. on Fox. Based on what Evan's predicted, America's game of the week, they're fighting for playoff birds. We're going to lose that game because we're going to Seattle. I mean, the last time we won in Seattle. Couldn't. We're going to lose. Couldn't do it. We lose. And in the game that will matter a lot on Evan's Evan, what do you have the Lions record at right now? I think We're I have seven to nine going into the last game. That might be playoff contention with the extra playoff spot. January 9th, the Detroit Lions are at home against the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. on Fox. Evan thinks that that game might be for the playoffs. Alex, oh, on the much. other hand, I think has four wins for the Lions, and the Packers are already safely in the playoffs if Aaron Rodgers plays this season. So the Lions win a game they shouldn't and ruin their draft stock. Classic Lions move. Loss. <laughs> Evan, are the Lions making the playoffs? No, there's too many good teams. Did Evan say loss there? Yeah, we're, we look, we're looking against Green Bay. You kind of yawned during your. Loss, I didn't understand. Loss, Al, fat Al to Aaron Rodgers in the last game of the year. When it matters, we'll lose to the Packers. When it doesn't matter, we'll finally beat them. That's game that's going to matter, Al. Um, what was everyone's records? We played 18, Seven and 10. 17 games this year. Mm-hmm. Four and 13. I think I was four and 13 or five and 12. I did not keep track. But I feel better about um, I feel better about three and 14, if we're being honest. Like, that just feels right to me. But I'm going to go 4-13 and 13 for the sake of optimism on the podcast. <laughs> Credit to me. I think best case scenario is what Evan said. So shout out you, Evan, for being the positive one on this. Who would have thought? Which is very nice. I'm not going to be positive. I'm just going to be right. So that's just how it's going to go. Please that. don't hurt us. If the Lions have Evan's record at the end of the season, I will be stoked and probably buying a Dan Campbell t-shirt jersey. Or I'll make one. That's disgusting. I'll make a t-shirt about Dan Campbell, and I'll wear it. Because I think we're in the right direction if, if that happens. Um, I'm really excited to play the... Kind of boring, but I'll go off the beaten path. I'm excited to see the rookies of the uh, Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts against us. Just like, I want to see how they do against us. So I'll go with the um, off-the-board picks there. And it should be noted, based on those two picks, I think this is the first time in a long time... I don't want to say ever, because NFL is a crazy league, that a team 
has gotten every single mascot with a bird to play against in a year. And when you look at the schedule, it kind of adds up. There's a lot of birds on the schedule. Okay. Um, I'll go chalk. You're just gonna. That's a pretty crazy thing. The Ravens, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Falcons, and the Seahawks all in the same season. Anyways, but yeah, like I said, <laughs> it's I'm crazy. not. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going chalk with things I'm excited about. Obviously, I want to see Stafford play against the Lions. So that's my number one thing. That's probably a lot of people's. That's why it's chalk. And then my second thing is uh, the last time the Lions played Monday Night Football against Green Bay at Lambeau. Uh, I'm just curious to see if we could potentially get screwed over on national television again. And, you know, I'm looking forward to maybe, hopefully, a lot of makeup calls for what they did to us. You know, good luck. I'm not expecting it. Just hoping. Uh, let's see. I am looking forward to the Thanksgiving game because, like I said earlier, Dan Campbell, I don't right, know right. what he's going to do. Um, I'm looking for the Cardinals. I have them as a sneaky playoff uh, spoiler this year. And then, obviously, the number one thing I'm looking forward to is seeing Matthew Stafford face the Lions. So you you are excited for that. I thought maybe you would be like, no, I don't want to see it. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to see it. I'm going to probably cry the entire day watching him just, like, carve up our defense. That seems um, extreme. I'd be like, that's my quarterback. But I, I want to watch it. I don't think he'll shed actual tears, but I get the figure speech. I'd be shocked if you shed a tear, and I'd probably tell you never to be on this podcast again. <laughs> I might shed a tear when I see Stafford run out on Sunday Night Football or uh, the first week, oh, and yeah. he's in a Rams uniform. Evan, and you- then Chris Collinsworth is just be like, oh, my God, Matthew Stafford's friends with Clayton Kershaw. He's in L.A. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's going to happen a thousand times. Evan, are you already declaring the Rams as your backup team for this season? No, I have a backup team already. The Tennessee Titans tighten up, baby. We're coming. I like to pick. I pick my backup team every year when we get statistically eliminated, and I can. I'm looking forward to it. I, can't I think you've mentioned that on the pod before. Well, earlier today, but I didn't say exactly the line. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it from the schedule. Going to be unique. Can't go 500 this year unless you get you get a tie. If we were going to tie with the team, it'd probably be the Cardinals, like always. So, Evan, can you there. give us a roar into the next segment? No, that's all you, man. This is your um. This is your 15 second window. I'm gonna go get uh, my next beer. All right, so new weekly topic for me, only me, that will infuriate Evan. It's going to be the 15-second rumor of the week from the deep, dark web. And all it is this week, Rocket Watts will be a Michigan State Spartan again. Let's move on. We don't get to talk about that? No, just a quick see if it happens segment every week. (laughs) No, you guys can say one thing about it if you want. Um... Not scared that he would be returning. Actually, enjoy it. It'd be cool if he came back, but I'm not buying into anything that's on the dark web. That's actually a great way to live life. That should be your life. No, yeah, I agree. (laughs) Don't buy anything that happens on the dark web. Probably go to jail. I just want this audio recording out there. I'll be sure to clip it. Thank you. No chance. Uh, I have the clip power now. So now we get away from the NFL, which is probably dumb ratings-wise. I'm sure people will tune out when we start talking about the Tigers. But you know what? you got to give love to teams. And we're going to give the most unconditional form of love trying to fix this franchise. Because we said they're kind of a dumpster fire. Well, I actually legitimately said that in a clip, and it was very funny. He said the Tigers are a dumpster fire. (laughs) There's not one exciting thing about them. Do you disagree? You know, Mize, I don't know how he's doing tonight as of recording, but Mize actually looked pretty nice in his last start, so I'm a little excited about that. Cool. Kind of random. I know some people, mainly Alex, would think that I stole this from a different um, sports entity in town. They were talking about it, but credit to me, or chop to me, 
because I don't think Bill Simmons is viewed as like super cool these days in uh, national media. Like he's a really good writer, but I think we he, we're a younger generation than his core fan base. But I was bored listening. Uh, didn't have anything to listen to on a long drive this weekend, uh, like wedding stuff. So I downloaded the Bill Simmons podcast and. Because I saw he had an interview with Theo Epstein, who I've always been fascinated by. He was like one of the youngest GMs in the game and broke two massive curses in MLB baseball history, Red Sox and Cubs. So, <laughs> just change that <laughs> to a dumpster fire. <laughs> well, once we get sweaty at this, we can just change it all the time. Anyways, I got to get back on track here, got to uh, recalibrate. So Theo Epstein, I was like, oh, let's see what he has to say. At some point, I didn't really pay much attention to it until um, 97.1 was talking about it, so I will give them credit for sparking the idea. Theo Epstein told Bill Simmons that he'd love to have a third chapter in baseball, and he kind of hinted, like, he was said, like, with a team, and he was interested in being part of an ownership group with the team. Because right now, for those who don't know, he took a year off, essentially, and he is um, a consultant for the MLB as a whole. So he kind of, he's it's actually really cool, he's working on making rules that make the game of baseball more exciting. Like that's what he's been kind of working on here. So, and, and once 97 starts talking about getting Theo Epstein to the Tigers, I was like, yes, like we have to, like that is what this organization needs. Um, and I'll take the stance. You guys can say what you want about it. I'm not going to, I'm not saying that to like dig at Al Avila. Like we can, we can have Al Avila still in the front office, but objectively speaking, I'm sure Al Avila would even tell you that Theo Epstein working for the Tigers would be incredible. So it's our job as keepers of Detroit sports, fans of Detroit sports, to figure out how can we get Theo Epstein to the Tigers? Um, I don't know how literal you guys took this question, if you had any ideas or any ways we could sales pitch him, but I'd love to hear if you guys have any like ideas to how to get Theo Epstein to the Tigers. Or I guess we should start, do you even want him for the Tigers? First, do I want him? He is more competent GM than the current GM that we have in Alavilla. Um, He knows how to rebuild. He knows how to draft. He's been in charge of two solid rebuilds and championship runs. My biggest takeaway from this topic was, is the owner, current owner of the tires, invested enough or cares enough to have this happen? It's a great point. I don't, know. I don't know if they are, and because they're moving a lot of stuff out of Detroit, they're going down to Atlantic City. They bought a casino. They're trying to rebuild Atlantic City. Really? They're holding on to yeah. Uh, they're holding on to properties in Detroit, and they're not investing in Detroit like they said they were about District Detroit. A lot of Detroit people are upset about it. They're not letting people companies move in and buy it, and like it seems like the Elches just like don't care about the Tigers anymore. It was more of their dads, and the dad invested all the money in the cap and tried to win a World Series before he passed away. Um, however, you talked about how Theo wants to get into like an ownership group, and this might be a small way for the Ilches to kind of like fade out of the Tigers and like not be involved. They still have the name in the Tigers, but just have Theo Epstein be like part of the owner slash GM vice president, where he just basically runs the Tigers by himself and the Ilches don't have to worry about it anymore. So I feel like that could be a good possible way. And if you pitch that to him, like, hey, we don't want to deal with the Tigers anymore. We just want to deal with the Red Wings and our enterprise or whatever, our company. Here's part ownership. Here's vice president. Hire whoever you want as GM. If you want to be your own GM, go ahead. And this is yours. I try to fix it. Yeah. And we'll give you a contract. You have this amount of window before we fade you out. And we try something else. That makes a lot of sense to me. I guess when it comes to powerful people like that, I wonder if 
Epstein would need his like name to be on the ownership group because I feel like that's like an ego thing. Like it has to be like Epstein Illich Holdings or something. It'd probably be a power struggle about whose name is on the ownership group. But because I was thinking that the ownership group angle hurts the Tigers from getting him, but I do enjoy how you spun that into like it could easily work where they would shift the power balance to him, which I love. Gillen, dumpster fireman. <laughs> what do you think? Sa- um, save your breath. But yeah, I don't care. Number one, Theo Epstein might be the best GM in baseball of our generation. So let's start oh, there. For sure is. In our gen- those He's are- not yes. just a yes. more competent GM than Al Avila. He is probably the best GM available. One of the best executives of, all, of any sport of, of all, all time. time. Agreed. Cubs, Red Sox, both. Both won. Both were never supposed to win. Did it with both. Stud. Star. Al Avila is one of the bottom tier GMs in baseball. So clearly this is a great trade if you can make it happen. Trade. <laughs> now in order to trade. do this, a couple things will have to happen. Number one, we as Detroit Tigers fans need a real owner that cares about winning. Chris Illich. Kid Rock. Chris Illich does not care about the Tigers. As Evan said, he cares now about his casinos and all that other stuff. Illich Holdings, Little Caesars, all that. He doesn't care about the Tigers. He doesn't want to be an owner of the Tigers. So it's pretty simple, Chris. Sell the team. Mr. Illich to you. Mr. Illich, sell the team. You don't want it. Give it to Jeff Bezos. And then Jeff Bezos, or whoever, whatever billionaire you want to sell the team to, just opens his checkbook and you just hand it to Theo and you say, you know, write your salary. What do you want? It's yours. What do you want to do? To make this team good. You want to spend a billion dollars on the team, on the roster? It's yours. Just give him a blank check and full reins to do whatever he has to do. And that might get him to do it. Because what he said was he's ready for a third act. His first two acts were taking teams that weren't supposed to win and making them winners. We qualify as that right now. Okay. So, to summarize Spartanville's version, Evan, his angle was really put him in on the ownership group. Alex was the money route to and ins- get rid of everyone. incentivize with money and burning the whole organization to the bottom floor and building up with Theo as your savior. Let Theo build it all. I will take a third route and maybe if we can buy them all, we can get them. I think this is one of those things where Theo is like a genius. He's clearly a genius, a boy genius, a, a hot shot. Those kind of guys need a challenge in their life. They need they don't get they don't get uh, worked up unless it's like a really meaningful task. And it has to, the ego has to be a little bit involved. So I think it, our job and all of Detroit's job, I'm calling everyone that listens, tell a friend, we have to get the narrative started on the internet that the task of the Tigers ever winning a World Series again is impossible. And that it would be harder to do than Boston or Chicago. So that way he's like, you know what? I could be the guy to make Detroit win a World Series and like they would never be able to do it again. And you're attempting his photo there. It's not even. Cut off. So, but we have to make it seem like it'd be harder to do than Boston or Chicago. Like, you have to test Theo's ego. Be like, can can you even do this? I, but basically, I don't even think Theo could. I know he's good, but he couldn't even get the Tigers to win a World Series. We need to, like, that's your ploy. Reverse engineer this. I like that. Um, and another thing, too, he's kind of a kind of a strange cat. A lot of, like, really smart guys are. And I believe it was Chicago. He got, he was so popular there that he used to like dress in disguises to go around town. 
because he just wanted to be alone and didn't want people to recognize him. And I'll tell you this, Detroit's a much more quiet city. There will be like way less fanfare in Detroit. So you don't have to like walk around in disguise, Theo Epstein. Like you can just walk around. You probably aren't going to get stopped on most days. Like I think you'll be okay. I mean, do you guys recognize his face? No. Like if I saw Theo walking around downtown, I would recognize him, but I would stop him out of respect to wanting him to come to Detroit. So I think we combine the ownership group, the money, and the this is an impossible task that your smart brain can't even figure out. And I think he would come to Detroit. And I guarantee that if he did, we'd probably win a World Series by 2024. And it'd be awesome. And all of our dreams would come true. If he comes to Detroit, we will be World Series champions. Only problem is, all I heard this week was that Al Avila is untouchable. Chris isn't selling the team. And the dumpster fire will continue. <laughs> but I will say... This one. Or this one. Because obviously... Wait, can you move the... I want to see that one. Does it have a smiley face on it? Yeah, look at how funny that looks. That is the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> that, that little face. I will say, because in life, actions are greater than words, right? We all agree. You know, how many times have you said, I'm going to do something, or like, oh, I mean this, and then your actions don't uh, align with that? My vow to, to the listeners is that our Twitter account, at least once a month, will throw out the idea that Theo Epstein should come to the Tigers. And we'll also tweet this dumpster fire and tag Alabila every single week. No, that, we won't do that. That I can't promise because we're not going to put down another person in the organization. We're just going to lift one up into the organization. So we were going to talk about how Theo should come to the Tigers at least once a month, at least on our social accounts until he does or until he signs a job with a different team and our, and our hopes and dreams are killed. But the, the first step, our homework for next show is to think of a slogan for Theo. Like, um... We don't have to think about all in for Epstein. I think we should stay away from Epstein because there's another Epstein who had a there's bad, a bad Epstein. A bad Let's Epstein. Avoid Epstein. <laughs> we should stay away from Epstein. We should focus on Theo, yeah. not so no one gets confused at who we want to be the uh, GM of our team. Drink some Mio. Let's go get Theo. <laughs> Drink some Mio. Let's go get Theo. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's was, not many yeah. things that rhyme with Theo. All right, for real though. For real though. <laughs> Come on, Theo. All right. Let's get to the last segment. No transition for this one either. And th this is probably the one I'm most excited for because I'm so curious as to what you guys said. My dumpster fire does settle in nicely for this yeah. segment as well. Yeah. Well, honestly, our backgrounds are kind of the same. Comerica Park right now in this current season and your background. We have the same I honestly can't tell the difference. <laughs> so this last segment that I teased is our final four, for those that are new, it's like a power rankings, Mount Rushmore, four things you bring to the table of all time. In this category is of our, our own personal worst sport takes ever, not just on the podcast, forever. So again, another glimpse into learning more about us as people, as uh, people with sports opinions, and in this case, how bad they've been over the years. So maybe I'm, I'm nervous that after listening to this segment, people may not take it seriously anymore, knowing how bad our sports takes were. But we're just being honest and real. Everyone's had bad takes here and there, unless you were a liar. Or you're a genius. So, uh, Evan, you start us off here. What is one of your worst sports takes of all time? One of my worst sports takes was thinking the Lions would go back to the playoffs when we had the poncho-wearing, pencil-in-the-ear head coach. And then, like, we would come out and, like, do something good or we'd be around 500. But, like, yeah, we are making the playoffs. And then you look at our head coach and it's just like, no, you're wrong. 
So you were in on the regime at first. They sucked you in. Yeah, I, I, I like went out of my way to like watch Matt Patricia's like press conference getting introduced as the Lions head this coach. Is embarrassing. That's tough. And it also feel yeah. I feel like I might be watching myself with how excited I am for this new regime, and I hope we're not here in like a couple of years. <laughs> Dumpster fire, man. That's it's bad, Evan. You almost stole mine. Mine's a little different, but right on the same note. It was me thinking that Bob Quinn's Patriot Way was a great idea, and that thinking that bringing in a bunch of Patriot players was going to make the Lions the Patriots. I fully thought the Lions were going to be as good as the Patriots just because we had Bob Quinn from the Patriots, Matt Patricia from the Patriots, and all those players from the Patriots. That is worse than Evans, I'll just say. It was a horrendous take. Uh, here I am admitting it. Evan just said playoffs. You said, well, like, the Patriots organization. I thought we were going to win Super Bowls. <laughs> and I will never fall for that trap. Again. Yeah, I wonder what happened. My worst take of all time. This is number one. I ordered it. I thought Johnny Manziel would be sweet in the NFL. <laughs> oh, you took mine. <laughs> That's why. I had the same one, so I was Vicky back in yours. I also wrote down thinking Johnny Manziel would be good in the NFL. Dude, I don't know. Like, not young me, naive. Like, he was just so flashy. I was blinded by the flash. I thought partying before games and being good meant he was even better than he was. <laughs> I saw no red flag. I thought he was going to be awesome. He was terrible. And the saddest thing... I didn't know you guys were going national. Oh, yeah. Every, every take I've ever had. And the saddest yeah. thing, too, is that... When I would see clips of him in the CFL, I would trick my brain into thinking, yeah, maybe he can make a comeback. Like, that's how, that's how unwilling I was to let it die. Yeah, that's not good. So, I'm glad that someone else on the show had that same thought. Because he was awesome. And that game against Alabama was one of the more fun games I've ever watched. So, I always remember him for that. Evan, do you have another one? Because then you would go back to you if you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this happened recently, two years ago. I made a bet with Alex. <laughs> um, the worst person of all time. Oh, I said Michigan State football would never beat, wouldn't, wouldn't beat Michigan in the next 15 years. Fast forward one year later, we beat them. And so that like that whole 15 years is already gone in the first year of the bet. I, I owe out $100. So Brilliant. that was a really bad take. You should just start a payment plan over the course of the rest of the 15 years and just slowly chunk into it. But that So that was clearly you tweaking after right after D'Antonio left no no this is right after they lost to Michigan like the same day yep. Evans completely overreacting I thought it was hilarious and I was like I will definitely capitalize on this so it was uh it was the um, it was when they won in the big house Devin Bush was uh cleaning the, oh it was after so it was Michigan State lost it was away for you it was home for Michigan State okay yeah yeah it's super funny it was after that one yep I remember it vividly. In so D'Antonio was still there another year, right? Oh, yeah. D'Antonio was still there. I thought it was after D'Antonio left and Adam like, was like, oh, God. No, like, it was, was like, oh. post-game from a loss that we lost by two Well, you know, I guess at least that the bad take resulted in a good outcome, I guess, for you in the sense that they did win. So that's kind of like a nice True. little um, consolation. Win-win, price. really. Well, no. But Alex was so confident win-win. in this bet that I only had to pay him $100. If when Michigan State won, and then Alex, if like Michigan State lost every year, Alex owed me fifteen thousand. <laughs> wow, mean, it was a pretty safe bet. <laughs> I thought. Well, it makes sense too because fifteen years, fifteen thousand. I mean, yeah, who that's what I said. My thought process. Wow, that was a no brainer. My uh, my next bad take is kind of a two piecer. Okay. 
So when the Detroit Pistons played the Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs, they got swept, but every game was close. I had two major takeaways that were horrendous takes. Number one, I thought Stanley Johnson was going to be an all-NBA defender soon and an all-star. Well, that didn't work out. Second, I thought the Pistons were like one player away from being like conference finals relevant. And uh, no, they were not. No, Andre Drummond I thought was good. He's horrendous. I thought Reggie Jackson was the point guard of the future. Horrendous. All my Pistons takes that year after one series of getting swept were horrendous. And it didn't work out. So similar to Evans, I wrote down a very similar thing. I'll just read what I wrote. And it kind of encapsulates everything, just in a little bit less words. I said, the Pistons were trending up after getting swept by the Cavs, which seems dumb even to write out. And Stanley Johnson was going to be the guy. <laughs> You're the same thing as me. Yeah, I thought I was, I was so in on Stanley Johnson after that series. It wasn't even funny. And I think he's just hanging around with the Raptors right now, averaging like five points a game. Yeah. No, I don't even know. Just wild that after getting swept, I know they were the one seed, but after getting swept, not even winning one game, that we were like, yep, this, this, this regime is heading in the right direction, for sure. So then I guess my actual one that neither of you will have, so I feel safe saying this one, this is a lifelong take. Every year when I convince myself that Michigan <laughs> will beat Ohio State in football the week before the game. That's a bad take. No matter how bad we are, and in recent years we've actually caught like a hot streak going into the game, which has made it worse. And in one game you were even favored, which made no sense, based on the last 10 years, 15 years of the rivalry. But I will convince myself, for better or worse, that we will win that game. And it probably culminated the most when it was the JT was short game that my dad and I put in like a way to reserve your ticket for the Big Ten Championship game. There was like a $10 fee you had to pay so you could get um, below market price for Big Ten Championship tickets when Michigan was up at halftime of that game because Ohio State like couldn't score on offense. The only way they scored was a pick six from Wilton Spate. And we proceeded to fumble a ball on the one-yard line on a QB, a QB exchange. I'm sure the people know. Everything happens and we lose. So that was the actual most painful part of the take. But you can bank every year, even this year, that I will convince myself Michigan will win that game the week before. No sooner, no later. It's always the week before. So, yep, we have a shot this year. We're going to win. And every year, in recent memory, it doesn't happen. I, I'm out of hot takes. And if Alex, if you can remember any hot takes that I've said um, over the last couple of years, please say them because I want to know them. Um, and I'm sure I have, like, garbage fire takes. Uh, recently, the only one I can think of is the one that Alex was like trying to convince me to join his bandwagon on something happening, and I was like, "No, it's not going to happen." Did it happen? No, you were trying to convince me that we were going to go into Columbus on ABC at eight o'clock and upset Ohio State. Because <laughs> we year, did it on, with Geiger's field goal. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad take. I didn't have that written down. But my next take is Michigan State football. The so I'll set the scene. We're coming off the playoff season. Tyler O'Connor is now the guy. Evan, you were at the game. Uh, Michigan State was 1-0, and then they played Notre Dame in South Bend, and they blew them out. And I told everyone that Michigan State doesn't rebuild. They retool, and that they were going to be right back in the Big Ten race. And, you know, Big Ten champions, all this. I I mean, I I floated my own boat for a good week. And... um, 
Michigan State went three and nine that season, and no, that Notre Dame team they beat was four and eight. So, so that was just a really, really bad take. I don't know what I saw to make me think that. Tyler O'Connor looked awful in that game. Donnie Corley was the best player on our team that game. He was a freshman. Yeah, it was a really bad, bad take. Bad. And my last take, Scrain, you already gave two takes. Well, I piggybacked off yours, yeah. Is, uh, as soon as this year, I said Rocket Watts would be better than Io DeSumo. In basketball this year. No, he was not. No, he wasn't even Spoiler alert. sniffing Iowa's But he's coming ass. back. He wasn't even sniffing it. <laughs> he was deep below You know, credit ass. to you for saying that because I didn't, I didn't really think about any of yours that you said or even any of Evan's, so I, you probably could have gotten away with that. But that is, that is good. That's, that's a, you can trust that we're responsible. I have a bad one for the two of you if you want me to mention it. Yeah, dude. High school sports. To set the scene here, uh, to come see football – they weren't, you know, that good. They were all right. Playoff team. They were facing DeWitt, powerhouse, number one team. Don't add me into this. And, so uh, I, I said, no, it's over. At like, least Grant. We don't deserve to play. I listened to a, for a whole week, all the guys just telling me that they're going to beat DeWitt in football. And I, I went to that game. I supported them. And what did you guys lose? 49 to 7? The score seven. It sounds right. The score did not reflect the talent gap between the two teams, and I will stand by that till the day I die. Yeah. So why did you lose? Uh the wind, and um, and athletic and ability. they had a guy chase down Wyatt Evans' brother on a like long run, and I it wasn't his fault. The guy just kicked, kicked him out of nowhere. He didn't really get blocked that well on the play, and he chased down Wyatt. And I think if Wyatt scores that, it's a different game because I think they get nervous and. Our offensive line, defensive line, told us they were stronger than their line, which is a big, anyone knows, is a huge factor in football. They had a sweet running back that was going to be a problem all night long. But, like, I kid you not, and it wasn't anyone on the team's fault. The wind was so bad, and we got it coming towards us in the first half. And we had a punt once, and it, like, went backwards, like, into our end zone. Like, it's just, like, impossible. You can't, like, we just, the wind destroyed us. It was Halloween, and it was, like, snowing. And... To further my point, I know it sounds like you're an idiot. They lost the next game. They didn't even win districts. So, like, they weren't that good of a team. So, we – we the week before, I mean, it was like, yeah. I mean, it was the win. most confident thing well, I've why ever not seen. Us? <laughs> and the game was never – It finished. may have been more joking confident, honestly. I don't know. I don't know about Evan. He's, he's pretty negative in most things in life. So, he probably was the same that you guys were doing. I didn't feel good about the game. No, because – after we faced the airport, we lost the airport. We were Everyone five and four, cried. and there were some kids like, like upset. Like this is our season; we're not making the playoffs. And I stood up and was like, "We don't deserve to make the playoffs. So I'm going to the locker room. See you guys." Yeah, we did. Who do what to win, man? Well, that was just fun to say. <laughs> that wasn't like we thought we were going to win. Who? I listened to that for seven days. That was just funny. Well, um, bitch, you're right in the behind, don't you think? Yeah, looking back at it, sure. But it was actually. You know how people say it stinks to lose like a close game than a blowout? I kind of felt that the most in that game. Like at the end of the game, we were like laughing, like joking, because it was like we got beat so bad. It wasn't like, oh, it was heartbreaking. Whereas you look at other years in sports when you lose on heartbreaking fashion, it stings way more. It was like, oh, yeah, we just got killed. So whatever. Great point. My last one I have written down, I think maybe I could think of a couple more, but I thought, and Evan talked about. Talked about this actually last podcast. I was convinced that the 2014 Detroit Tigers were going to win the World Series. Um, and just because I love pain, I looked back at the pitching staff we had. We all thought it. Verlander. 
And looking back, though, we may not because the Orioles actually had a better regular season record than we did. We only beat the Royals in our division by one single game because, you know, Leland retires and you bring in Osmus. So it's a, but when you look at this rotation of Verlander, Scherzer, Porcello, David Price, and Anibal Sanchez, four Cy Young winners in MLB history in that rotation, and you get swept by the Orioles, and Delman Young gets a bases-clearing triple or whatever, double, bases loaded in game two, I think it was, to lose. Our bullpen was just so bad, and the pitchers didn't – I mean, I remember Price wasn't ever great for us in the playoffs, so it was like, dang. You had J.D., Miguel, I mean, Victor Martinez, Ian Kinsler, which actually – was a, was a good trade looking back. We were all excited about Prince Fielder, but like getting Tinsar back was like just as good. Absolutely brutal. I thought of a take for Evan. Pretty recent. Oh, mm. no. It's not even a one. It's not technically a bad take yet. I think it's trending to be bad. So this is just an opinion. <laughs> it's trending to <laughs> be pretty bad. bad. Evan said in a long group text, back and forth rant about the Detroit Pistons, when I believe Troy Weaver was hired or around there, Evan basically said something to the extent of the Detroit Pistons, no matter who the GM is, no matter who the coach is, no matter who the owner is, the Detroit Pistons will never be good again. It doesn't matter who's on the team, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Evan was so stubborn at this point. He went on like, for quite a while going at Wilkins and I telling us that the Pistons will never be good, no matter what. Evan, if you... I said, my point was, I said the Pistons won't be good be, until you get a new owner in Tom Gores because he doesn't care. Because he doesn't live in Detroit, he lives out in California, and he doesn't care about the Pistons. It's just a money thing for him. And so that's why I said, if it doesn't matter who the GM or the head coach is, because your owner doesn't care about the team. Would you like to change that take? Well, it's not too late. Um, Troy I will stand like on the... My castle that Seku is a bad draft pick i was right you were right there uh, i thought of that one and i wasn't going to give you credit for it but i will change it because i didn't know how much control troy weaver has and he has like all the control in like the organization so i'm wrongfully my hot take was wrong maybe it seems yeah. to be trying to way. so one of the ones i can really think of is yeah, and I also think it's too early to crucify Evan for that take because we don't know yet. No, still could be Evan's true. just so smart; it's just hard to find stuff. Um, I can think of one from his dad. He has terrible hot takes. He well, is the worst. You can't chop him. Uh, you want to know what terrible himself. hot take from Ryan Cadmus was? <laughs> I have a hilarious Ryan Cadmus story. After the 2012 season, he said we got rid of our uh, season tickets. He said the product on the field. Will never be near that we want and expect it as Michigan State fans. Rose what do we do that following year? We go to the Rose Bowl. What do we do after that? We go to the Cotton Bowl. What do we do after that? College football playoff. Yeah. Oh, premature dad. A little premature. Sorry, one more Ryan take. The definition of premature. Right? I was at Evan's house for yes. a Halloween <laughs> Michigan State football game against Minnesota. Like 2008, I think it was Kirk Cousins' like freshman or sophomore year. I don't know. It's his first year he was playing. Yeah, and Evan's dad left the living room with like in the third quarter <laughs> and told us that Kirk Cousins will never be anything as a quarterback, and he's one of the worst quarterbacks he's ever seen. And he <laughs> he watched he didn't watch the rest of the game. He just stood in the garage and paced. And Kirk Cousins, you know, you know how that story goes. It turned out to be pretty decent, but 
you like that? He threw for over 4,000 yards. He's one of the ones that they didn't end up making the playoffs. Evan gets all the negativity from the family. Optimistic, more optimistic than you think. Yeah. I'm just super negative around you guys because I'm a realist. I don't have high hopes for anything. And, and you that doesn't that. mean you're real. That just means you, you don't set happy. goals for yourself, so you're never disappointed. Boom, life model. That seems like a pretty life bad. advice. <laughs> life advice with Evan. The last two ones, but don't want to bore anyone. One, because most of them are when you're overconfident about a team. I remember one where I was not confident about a team and they shoved it right in my face. I thought, um, John Beeline's team that lost to Louisville in the national semifinal or national championship game was going to lose to VCU in round two because they had lost to Ohio, I think the year before or so. And then they played San Diego State, who had a really good player. I think like the Dominator, Mike Dom. They played him. They won. And then they were going to play VCU, Shaka Smart, like Havoc City. I was like, we're screwed. And they beat them by a million and then went on their run to the championship game. So I was wrong about that team. And then the one you sparked my memory out when we were talking about college football this year, very recently, I thought Joe Millen was going to be a great quarterback for the University of Michigan. Heisman good. And I thought they were going to have a chance to win the Big Ten East after they beat Minnesota. I will still stand by the fact that I blame Minnesota more than my own brain because, like, Minnesota was supposed to be a good program. They still probably will be next year. But Minnesota really, if you look back, messed up the whole Big Ten for the whole year because so many things spiraled from that game where, like, it reshaped everyone's brains about who was good or not. I mean, it really did. And they really messed up the Big Ten East. But whatever. Should have brought uh, Cody McCray on for this segment. You got a lot of hot takes. Most notable when Villanova lost in the second round before they were like really good. They were one seed. They lost an eight or a nine. Cody looked at me. He said, Villanova will never even be sweet 16 good. <laughs> and he's like, they just, they just don't have it. And their coach doesn't have it. Well, a couple national good. championships after that. He told me he'd never pick them in their bracket. He'd never pick them again. You know, didn't work out. Wow. He's got a lot. He he's, he loves to throw out bull takes. Told yeah, me before does. the draft that Aaron Rodgers would be a 49er. I love it. We'll have to have him on sometime before then. But for now, that is all for today's show. Closing time. As always, please follow our social accounts um, at Shot of MS on every platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, except for TikTok. That is at Shot of Michigan Sports. Our email is shotmichigansports at gmail.com. Socials are good to see clips, video clips of us talking. Um, good place to comment on the post, you know, slide in DMs with questions you have. And also that's where you can vote on our snake drafts when we release them. Um, where to listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, depending on the platform. It'd be awesome if you left comments on what you think. Um, you rated the show like five stars on um What's that? Apple. You can do that. And then YouTube, you can thumbs up the video. Leave a review with words of what you think. Any feedback is welcome as well. And then subscribe on whatever platform you're able to. And then lastly, as always, please submit any questions you have for the show because it makes us forming topics easier and we will go out of our way to answer your questions um, unless it's really, like a really terrible, like a dumb question. Like I know there's no such thing as a bad question, but if it's bad, like I'm probably not going to answer it. But We'll do our best to answer them as many as we can. And with all that being said, cheers as we close out episode 20. 
Cheers to, I'm going to cheers to Sadiq Bey tonight. I really loved his performance this season for the Pistons. I'm going to cheers to fixing the dumpster fire as a, as a group and as a family. <laughs> I am cheersing to Jack Eichel to the Detroit Red Wings. Make it happen. Yeah. He wants out of Buffalo. So cheers. And wiser man, we, we trust. A little bit.